His name is Heston Blumenthal. Like the culinary equivalent of Chuck Norris, he's smashed down the doors of the cooking world for over 25 years, punching conformity in the face. My name is Jay Taylor. I've been Heston's TV producer for many years, and I'm now here to hold his nunchucks while we continue on his quest. And today's show is a sequel, hence the movie references, as by popular demand we are returning to the amazing world of flavour pairing in a show we're calling Flavour Pairing 2, The Fast and the Curious. So without further ado, let's meet the man who has been battling, valiantly, French supermarkets for the past two hours, Heston Blumenthal. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm... Now I'm very good. Once I've gone, I went through two or three hours of frustration and learning. So imagine uh, there's a curfew in France, six o'clock. Supermarket, uh, the, all the beautiful local butcher shops and um, uh, greengrocers are closed. So there's a local supermarket. So you sent me yesterday basically a list of of uh, flavor pairing discoveries that listeners sent in which is amazing so i went to try <laughs> went to try and find those flavor pairings so when somebody says twirl and beer i'm assuming <laughs> it's twirl cabris twirl dipped into beer can you find Cabris Twirl in an Intermarché in France? No. So I bought something called Barista. I bought some M&Ms. I bought some, I bought some uh, Milka wafers. Yeah, I realise in hindsight, I text you over about two things. I was like, cabbage and cheese, chocolate and thing. And I do realise now maybe some level, slightly higher level of specificity might have been useful during this um, because you've been fighting away at a supermarket. To give a bit of background, for anyone who doesn't know, two weeks ago we did a flavour pairing episode where Heston explored the incredible world of flavour pairing. All the science and thinking behind that and all the amazing things that that's helped unlock in his career. And it seems to have really struck a, a chord with everybody out there. So we've decided to revisit it because, as Heston says, lots of people have been writing in with suggestions. So we have tried to gather around us as many ingredients as we can, myself, and of course James is here as well to keep us in the right line of facts. And he's got a pots full of things. And of course Heston is, the reason he sounds slightly off mic is because he is in his lab kitchen surrounded by bubbling pots and an awful lot of ingredients, Heston. By the way, my lab kitchen have two small induction hobs that don't work. I've got four pans, <laughs> I've, got, I've got some water in one pan that is starting to steam but not boiling. I'm working out how to toast my oats for one of the recommendations, which is, um, I think it was whiskey and oats, which makes complete sense. Another one is cabbage. Is cabbage. So I, I, do I, I've got two cabbages. I've got a Savoy cabbage and a green cabbage. And this pan on my front left is just sitting there sort of laughing at me, slightly steaming. So I'm gonna pour the, if you hear the noise, I'm gonna, I think I found a hob that's more powerful and the pan hotter. So if you hear this noise, it's because I'm transferring water from the slightly steaming pan laughing at me to hopefully a boiling pan that I can put some cabbage in. Hang on, here we go. This is cutting edge podcasting. We have pouring water live. Ah. Whoa. Okay. Well, that's better. Mike's now on fire, which is good. <laughs> so now I have a Savoy cabbage. So what do I do? I break these off. Um, this is a work in progress. 
it's really bitter. So I'm going to break. I'm going to break those off. Thank you to you guys out there, by the way, who've been writing in with these suggestions. But I also hold you entirely responsible for all the chaos that is about know, to ensue over the next the, half an when, hour or so. When, when anyone says, I found an amazing uh, combination, surprising, amazing combination, it's because they found an amazing, surprising combination. And it's their emotion. It's not right or wrong. So now I'm looking at this. And also, there's so many different brands and types like you're talking about one single cabbage which bit a bit specifically to use but there's so many different types of cabbage type of year type of country yeah. all and these the things outside and inside to consider so I've just i've just broken off um a leaf of a savoy cabbage that is about 20 percent into the heart of the cabbage why i don't know because i thought the outside's too bitter the inside is too delicate so i've got a cabbage leaf boiling what now, just remind me. Now, this is now. This is not. This might come as a surprise to our listeners, but this is not going to be an exact science today. I know that's a shock because most of the stuff we do on this podcast is clearly Nobel Prize winning. But this might be us winging it slightly. Jay, everything we do is exact, <laughs> exact scientific research with no emotion attached. Okay, so I have. Well, when I start going through the, the messages we've had, so this one, I'm glad I didn't text you this one because I thought this yeah. this might have pushed the supermarché even farther. They don't do Cadbury's twirls. Uh, B Josie said, "Have you ever tried kangaroo and mango? They're great <laughs> together, especially in crepes." <laughs> <laughs> that is genius. That is the beauty of human beings. Of course, of course, I have. I love that. I love that. It's, I that's it's going on my list. My cabbage leaf might be ready. Whatever ready means. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I'll, I'll work my way through them. So this one was from Hiran Rajo, or Rajo. Just been listening to the podcast while working and thought I'd break for lunch. I wonder why that was inspired to do that. He said, today's lunch is a banana curry made with sweet bananas, tomatoes, and lots of spices. It would have been a perfect perfect fit. So this is bananas and tomatoes uh, mixing together, which seems to be... Let's come back to that, because that is a big subject. Oh, okay. Emotionally, for me, it is the beginning of the bacon and egg ice cream. So while we're doing that, I'm just listening to this. I've poured the cabbage out of the boiling water with my fingers and slightly burnt my fingers. <laughs> and I have a very nice, you can, what does this cabbage leaf look like? It's, it's nice and green. You sent me cabbage and chocolate. Well, let me expand on that message because in hindsight, I could have sent you a bit more. On this. So this was a message we had from Jonas Lodge. And he said, hello, I've just li- finished listening to the Amazing World of Flavour podcast. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. I'm a chef who's recently opened up my own restaurant. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, a year ago, but the last 12 months feel far from like um, normal. I feel like I've just mm-hmm. opened. Anyway, he said, listening to the podcast is giving him a kick up the ass to be creative. Um, and he's found having his own restaurant very hard to be creative and, and always doing things and not finding the time to concentrate on the food, which is, I know, something that probably very all chefs point. out there can Yeah, recognize. very good point. For me, one of the biggest blockages for creativity is distraction and interruption. But in order to live our lives, we need enough money to live. We need to do the day-to-day things in life. But if somebody continually tells you, do this, do that, put that in the cupboard, please answer the doorbell, 
your creativity goes out the window completely. So this, in fact, my frustration of going to the supermarket out of the season uh, with most of the local beautiful shops that are, and the artisan producers around here, I got frustrated because cabbage and chocolate. However, it's an opportunity for discover. So I've just taken my cabbage leaf out. Have you got any dark uh, chocolate? He suggested yes, dark uh, hang chocolate. On, hang on, hang on. I've got lint, 70% cocoa, and in French, noir intense, so intensive black. Okay, so what he so what he said was he's created a, 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 a cabbage ice cream with, with bitter chocolate in it, and he said he's served it for a year yeah. and it was amazing listening to you talk about people's perception because everyone is shocked by cabbage and chocolate it makes sense to but me. he says if you break down what they are it's not so surprising absolutely a hundred percent without going into the science of molecules but it actually doesn't science of molecules is one part it's how we emotionally react to it so i'm going to try and breaking off this chocolate bar is a little bit close to my pot of boiling water with the cabbage so I'm now, you guys, do you have cabbage? <laughs> got cabbage. I have got cabbage, have cabbage and dark chocolate. I'm going to wrap mine like a so little, 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 little wrap. Mm. Okay, let, shall we do it together? Yeah. Go on then. Okay, ready? Cabbage and dark chocolate. Mine, mine's not cooked, so I don't know where okay. going to go. Oh my God. That. Mm. That is, a, for me, stroke of genius. Really? That's it. I don't need to do my white cabbage. I don't need to steam it, fry my cabbage, boil my other cabbage longer. Do you find anything? Okay, start, rather than how much you like it or not, start from a point of negativity. Do you find those two ingredients uh, being kind of angry with each other? No, not at all. If anything, it's hard to differentiate between the two of them. Jonas, that is wonderful that in itself that one mouthful of food made my frustration of having to drive to <laughs> the local supermarket and buy ingredients out of season gave me a discovery that was worth every minute of my of my supermarket um shopping experience go again I'm going again <clears throat> yeah because oh, i found you know? i was expecting it to be a real shock to the system but actually no, nothing but it no, just nothing. was really pleasant Perhaps. wasn't it yeah it's not shocking it's not people might think you're doing something to try and you know surprise people in a shocking way and think oh look at me i can do i can eat this and i can eat. but no it works the thing i find the weirdest about that one of, of all of the one we've done so far is they go so closely together what i've got here that it's really hard to tell one apart yep. from the other and, and so on the finish well, I get a lovely kind of earthy. They just—it's it's like they they massage each other into one thing, mm. and they become more than the sum of their parts. Okay, so now I've done that. Shall I try? Shall I try an eminent cat? Oh, eminent. Let's try. Yeah, go an eminent. Right. That seems. He said he's um, he said he's talking about uh, malting the cabbage as well, which seems to yeah. help. And he, he um, and he thinks about he hasn't he hasn't he said after listening to the podcast maybe I'll add a fermented cabbage aspect to see where Boom. that leads. That's what I think. It's fermentation. So when you have mm. chocolate beans, there's an element. You know when you have cabbage or Brussels sprouts that are overcooked, smell a bit like drains. Smell a bit like you know fecal stuff that you don't want to smell. That's the same as it's part of the fermentation process. Now I'm going to try. The same cabbage leaf because I didn't eat it all. I'm going to wrap mine. 
I can't believe I'm doing <laughs> Cabbage this. Cabbage and M&M's. But I love it. I love it. Jonas, I love it. Guys. Can yes. they take Michelin stars um, away? Well. Okay. Is there a green M&M? Hang on. I'm rapping in France. They have a thing called a choufarci, which is stuffed cabbage. Normally inside it's pork and foie gras and truffles. My choufarci, can you see this? It's, it's a little ball of cabbage. cabbage. And what's inside cabbage it? An orange M&M. <laughs> and I don't have no idea what's going to happen. Oh. Oh. Right, while Heston munches away on his cabbage and M&M and has a think about what that's like, I just wanted to pause and address the problem I'm sure you're all thinking, which is what happens, though, if you want to order cabbage and M&Ms in a foreign country? Yes, it's an issue we've all faced before because learning a new language is a great opportunity to make deeper connections with other people and can benefit us all from more connection in that moment. So the question is, do you want to start feeling like you're making progress for your next holiday but don't want to buy the tickets yet? Well, there's good news. You can start learning some French, Spanish, Italian, etc. to prep for our post-Covid trip and order all the strange foods you like thanks to one of our sponsors, Babbel. Now, Babbel teaches real-life conversations and helps you learn through interactive dialogues. Their lessons are lovingly created by over a hundred language experts. This means real people, and not by a translation machine, so you can learn useful vocabulary and not meaningless phrases. Babbel has recently launched their own learning podcast, so you can brush up on your Spanish or French while cooking or exercising. And with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian and German. The teaching method has been proven to be effective across multiple studies, and Babbel is available as an app or online, and your progress will be synced across all your devices. So wherever you go, you can take Babbel with you. And the great news is, right now, Babbel are offering all of you guys six months free with a purchase of six months subscription using the promo code HESTON, H-E-S-T-O-N. So if you go to babbel.co.uk forward slash play and use the promo code HESTON on your six month subscription, you will get another six months for free. Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot co dot U-K forward slash play promo code HESTON. And you, like Heston, could be eating cabbage and M&Ms in a foreign country in a matter of weeks. Now let's find out how that lovely combination has gone down. Oh, you don't realise what... I don't... I'm not sure about this combination, but what it, that has reinforced is the fact that the peanut from the inside of the M&M seemed to be an intruder. It's more... It's interesting but the, the, the cabbage and the chocolate before made so much sense to me good work jonas okay let's we're okay, m- moving on now uh next we had a <laughs> this is from michael hillard uh, love the podcast keep up the great work thank you michael a pairing i enjoy occasionally that raises eyebrows is milk chocolate and beer i think the first time i noticed this combination was a twirl with fosters so i think we're taking a nice moment just to imagine how Michael Hillard rolls, but you can use other similar milk chocolate and similar beers. Okay, so uh, mass market lager is more subtle, uh, more suitable. Michael, my Intermarche shopping experience, the biggest challenge was finding the twelve, the 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 the, 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 the sort of UK household name chocolate bar that you could dip in. These French are philistines, aren't they? So I have a bottle of beer. I'll open it now. What have you gone for? What type of beer is it? Fischer Dorelli uh, Hublon 100%. It's an Alsatian beer with lots of hops. 
I've gone for a Heineken, keeping it keeping it simple because I'm thinking on the line with twelve. James, what have you got? I've got an Estrella Galicia World Lager. I've, James, I don't of know course, what percentage it is. That's about five. Four point seven percent. Four point seven. Oh, 4. I wonder if the twelve could be. You could suck through the twelve a bit like you do with the Tim Tam as well. So you got to be the same. Okay, well, so I went for. I, I've got for. I've got cube. The little cube bags of twelve. So all right, I can't so do a dip. Guys, tell me. I've got my 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 two choices. So this is Balisto, Balisto is and it's got almonds and honey almonds. One of the biggest selling chip packet. It's a bit like a Kit Kat in France. The other one, you'll know the brand, is the Milka. They're round, but they're wafers. Now, because they're wafers, I'm sure I could bite each side and suck the beer through the Milka. Yeah, so, do, do that, one. That, do that one. one. That's probably closest. While, while a twirl isn't necessarily a wafer, it's got a similar characteristic in the middle, isn't it? Because it's quite okay. hollow. Opening the packet. Okay, so... so Thank you, Michael. We are now <laughs> we are now trying lager and milk this chocolate. He said, "Eat the chocolate first. He said, "Eat yeah. the chocolate first. So you've got to get a bit of mouth about coating. I think. I think it, the lager is there to wash away. That's what. That's, okay. Uh, well, it sounds like the gastronomy uh, of of my early twenties. This <laughs> coming coming out of some student lifestyle, so look, picking up one or two tips along posh. the way. I don't have a big glass. I found a wine glass. So I've poured my. Alsatian hop laden beer into a wine glass with a nice little foam. Hang on, I've got to get away from my cabbage water because it's. Hang on. <laughs> okay, 12 is in. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh. Oh, my word. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Never, never, never I thought of that either. So, the first two, it sounds like I'd be all nice. Nice to you guys that have written in, but those, these first two experiences are new mm. and they work. They work. They work. That is so nice. I'm sure it's fermentation. I never thought that would be that good. Okay, I'm now... It's also something about the way the twirl goes around and coats the inside of your mouth. And then the lager comes through it afterwards and washes it away. And licks it away like a... And now on the finish... Like a tsunami. There's nothing... Just like the cabbage in chocolate, I think what we tend to do when we eat is we're just focused and we want this shove food in our mouths. In fact... Mm. The delay after we eat something, we can have so much emotional connection with that after the mouthful. So now... Sort of makes sense, doesn't it? It takes the bitterness of the beer away. I've got a beer that is full of hops, and hops are bitter. They're green, they're bitter. They're the, that's, you get hops and malt. Malt is kind of brown and toasty, like oats, and hops are green and bitter. Some beer is more hoppy and more bitter, and some beer is more malty and soft, and then there's always a combination of the two. So let me see if I can, hang on, I'm gonna to have to find another glass. I wanna try and see if I can It's interesting, I just did it the other way around as well. Yeah. I did the beer first. I put, I put the twirl in it so you get beer, then chocolate, and it doesn't work that way around for me. No, but if you keep doing it, because it's never, it's always cause and effect and effect and cause, so maybe, the first time might be chocolate and beer. Then you have beer and chocolate. Now go back to chocolate and beer, and because of the contrast, try it again. You might appreciate the chocolate and beer even more than you did the first time, because now you're excited about it, and you have a you have a sort of an anticipation. And he also said he's never tried it with dark chocolate. Maybe something to revisit. Well, you've got some dark chocolate. I'm gonna try it with some some white. I've got a, I, what I want to do. Excuse my French, guys. I want to suck my hops through my wafer. Great idea. Hang on. 
Oh, it doesn't work at all with white chocolate, Michael. I'll tell you that now. Oh, it's very different with dark chocolate too, actually. It's very bitter. White chocolate is more because it's creamy, milky, fermented. Dark chocolate is fermented. White chocolate is something completely different. Mm. Hang on, I'm going to try... Hang on, I'm going to pour this into a bigger glass. I'm going to try and suck. <laughs> Dear listeners, so I'm breaking my milker wafer. I'm doing something I've never done before. Right. <laughs> Don't expect me <laughs> putting to his, talk. Esther's putting it in his mouth like a mouth organ okay. now. And please He's putting don't his little goblet up to his mouth. I'm in the middle of doing this. If you, you can, but... Um. <laughs> So, so you can't see this, but what Hessen is, he's completely surrounded by steam and stuff. There's cabbage, food everywhere. Yeah. He's got cabbage everywhere, and he's got a wafer in his mouth and a Paris goblet of beer, and he's trying to suck it up through the wafer. <laughs> oh, he's doing well as well. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's a good noise. He's, he's, he's either enjoying it or drowning. I don't know. The answer is to that, I, don't, I think it's too much. <laughs> it's and now now I've far. created too a far. bizarre new cocktail. The Paris goblet was beer... And a milker wafer in it that looks like you wouldn't want to serve that to your worst enemy. However, yeah, you could charge thirty quid for that. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just removing my cabbage water pans. Sorry, Jay, carry on. Yes. So, T Cheesy, friend of the show, said many years ago, I made a Kranachan for dessert. Ah, Kranachan. I love it. Kranachan. Kranachan. Yeah. And he had. And had leftover oats mm-hmm. soaked in scotch. Mm-hmm. Got myself some beautiful mackerels. I filleted and coated in flour, eggs, and oats and breadcrumbs, and fried them up. Uh, it worked remarkably well. Oh, yeah. The combination of the fish with the oats. I've only made it a couple of times since, and it ain't for everyone. Uh, but it is because it's an unusual use for whisk- whiskey in cooking. For me, that is something that is less bizarre than cabbage and chocolate. It's less bizarre than milk chocolate biscuits sucking beer through them. Cranachan, toasted oats. If you think about smoked fish, fish, mackerel, malt, whiskey. That is something that makes absolute sense to me. Because they all share similar, in your mind, they just sort of, they wire up correctly. Not correctly, but you can, you, your brain and your mouth can go, yeah, that makes sense. Well, yeah, uh, yes and no. It also depends on your your connection with food and this is for me a really important thing there is no right or wrong for food there is no right or wrong some people think naples pizza is right some people think a pizza from rome is right some people think a mcdonald's is right some people think that a domino's pizza is right it's your relationship with it but the the mackerel toasted oats and whiskey the soft it would work with smoked salmon as well i'm sure i haven't tried it well james james has a bowl in front of him there where he is overnight very in a very dedicated way do you have mackerel yes i toasted it i do have a little bit of mackerel and and some toasted oats which i've put a little bit of whiskey on last night and bunged in the fridge okay hang before you i I just realized i didn't i thought i didn't have the mackerel I've toasted my oats while we were talking. I got the smallest bottle of whiskey I could find into my shade. Guys, what are you going to do? I'm going to get arrested after this for drinking too much. But I do it's have... It's only lunchtime and I'm already down a bottle of lager and yeah, twirls. I don't have... Uh, I have tuna, von Tresh. Live from Heston's fridge. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is. I've got toasted oats. I've got the whiskey. I've got Cristal. <laughs> yeah. yeah i've got, I've got, the, I've got wagyu the beef but no bloody gras. mackerel i've got <laughs> yeah it's all the bloody f- move the foie gras to one side I've, I've, 
got, well, I've got, I've got tuna. I don't have any. One, one second, one second. Let's get out to the pond. What have you got, James? I've got some mackerel and some toasted uh, whiskey-soaked oats. Lovely. Fill your boots, James, while I flap around with what I can find. Oh, it's a smile and a nod. That's always a good sign. Oh, it's delicious. I mean, I think it needs a bit of it needs a bit of finesse on my part. I think I probably put a bit too much whiskey in, so it's got a big hit of alcohol. But the smoky, peaty whiskey with the smoky fish, you know, taste of the mackerel with the kind of texture of the oats and the sweetness of it, it just like a Scottish I, breakfast. It sounds like. well. This it is it. It's so Scottish as you're talking about <clears throat> Cranachan. I mean, raspberries, oats, cream, and whiskey. I mean, that's that's you know that's Cranachan. So my dad, my dad said an American breakfast is a rolling bed with honey. <laughs> <laughs> James, is it, is it work? I can't, I've got... Well, well I've got, yeah, absolutely. It does for me. And I think it's what you were saying in, in, earlier and, and before. We talked a lot about the, con- the context of food. It's your relationship with it. And I was yeah. thinking of Scotland already. I was thinking of smokehouses of our broth and those smoky kipper breakfasts and stuff yeah. with, with bro- oats and porridge smokies. and all sorts. And so suddenly I'm, I'm imagining rolling hills of heather and kilts and bagpipes and... Just being in Scotland, and, and when you put that in there, it's just, it, well, it just makes sense to me, but it's actually very delicious, and I like all the things in it anyway, so. Heston's emerged with some kind of tin of fish. What I've have you opened, got? So I've got, having gone to Intermarche, I opened my drawer, and I've got a tin of Ortez Belly of Bonito, which is like the most expensive tuna fish you can possibly <laughs> buy in a can. It's like £20 for a tub. And I, you just don't lying around. No, it's lying around. It's not smoked. <laughs> So if I can show you here, there's... Ooh, that's a, oh, you put loads of oats in there. Well, there's my pan of oats, Japanese whiskey, which I put a teaspoon in. So this I is tuna, oats, and Japanese yeah, whiskey. It's suddenly taking a sort of... I'm going to go and eat my Oriental turn, isn't it? No. Excuse my French, but it effing works. Really? And that's without the smoke. It works. It works. It works. It works. I didn't know if tuna would work as well. I thought tuna would be slightly different to it. That works well, nice. I'm not sure. If the, I suppose it's it's quite an oily fish too, isn't it? So maybe that's that's part of the, I, the yeah, connection. For me, I think there's never one reason. We always try and find one reason, but there's never one reason. For me, that works. That's a pretty good hit rate, Guys, isn't it? Thank you. I have created... I've got... If you look... I don't think I've ever had such a random... Even with all the TV shows we've made, a random collection of ingredients... We didn't even get the kangaroo. Uh, a question here came in from Jockey Law. Listening to the podcast and thinking about that cut grass smell and parsley yeah. and banana, do the hexanols change with the drying out as a hay and banana combination? 100%. Hay custard banana might be more familiar sell to a customer. 100%. Base. 100%. If you think about evaporation, when something is volatile, so when you cut grass, that grass has um, the fullest amount of water it will have at the moment when you cut the grass. When you cut the grass, that water will evaporate. It will be broken down by enzymes. There won't just be one thing. A hexanol is a group of compounds, probably comes from its molecular, you know, who knows, uh, structure. But you have the hexanols from a flavor point of view are green compounds. They, the flavour is called them green. Cut grass, kiwi, green apple. But then when they're very volatile. So an apple can oxidise. Cut grass can be so wonderfully fresh and five minutes later it's changed. So you can think of them like a group of 
human beings. If you have a kid that's hyperactive, they get very energetic very quickly and then they fall asleep and get depressed. You can have another, another human being that maybe doesn't get so energetic so quickly but lasts for longer. So when it comes to aroma molecules, the big heavy molecules take longer to absorb their surroundings. They last for longer, but they're not so volatile. If you take the volatile ones, so for example, from a perfume or flavor point of view, basil, lemon verbena, floral notes, flat rose petals, they're tiny little molecules that evaporate. Poof, 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 they come out very quickly. So in the 1800s, the perfume world, the perfume industry discovered, which I think is amazing, that the things that human beings and animals use to mark their territory and to attract a partner for mating are big, fatty, heavy molecules because they hang around. They just hang around. So that's why with the perfume molecules, with the perfume industry used Glad, uh, smells that come from around the anus and the and the private parts and the underarms of, of human beings. So Harold, we can talk about this in another subject, has written this incredible book called Nosedive. He talks about this in the book, Strawberries. Do you think it's a feminine smell? But behind it is a funky smell. A funky smell. You know, the smells we love to hate and hate to love. They're big, big molecules. So in the hexanol family... The small molecules are cut grass and kiwi and, and, and green apple. The heavier ones are more like coconut, banana and tin peaches. So we've just gone from, I've just gone from dipping a milker bar into a thingy of, of, of beer to talking about a subject that is so huge uh, and so exciting. Well, that brings us back to our, where we started. We were talking originally, Hiran suggested tomatoes and bananas and you said this is one of the things that sparked your whole uh, beginning of this thought process for you do you want to explain what that that is i bought these tomatoes bought the bananas and remembered in fact my very first iteration of the bacon egg ice cream had bananas and tomatoes why because i remember as a kid my dad grew up in in zimbabwe i went to south africa and I had a bacon and banana sandwich when I was 20-odd. And I, I never thought you could eat a bacon and banana sandwich. It was surprising. It was wonderful. Maybe it had honey. Tomatoes, for me, Saturday morning was either fried egg on toast or tomatoes on toast. So my mum stuck them in a little saucepan with butter and put them on toast. So... My excitement of the luxury of a cooked breakfast in some shape or form started off with that. But I forgot about it until we got the, the message from Heron and the suggestion about banana and tomato. And I love, bit, thank you by the way Heron, because triggering a memory from my childhood and then realising that was an early iteration of a dish that evolved over years. So I would like us to do a podcast on the bacon and egg ice cream because it was not intended to be a shock. It was a, it was a reflection of my relationship with myself through growing up. 
and the things that maybe I discovered about myself that I've forgotten about, etc., etc. Wonderful. This is the great thing about putting these flavors together, isn't it? Because it's sort of like you said, it breaks the norm in our minds and our mouths. Like, inspired by this, last night I was making a sandwich. I decided I had I like coriander, I like marmalade, mm. I like sandwiches. I put all three together: marmalade and coriander sandwich, and it was it was just lovely. Brilliant, it went really nicely. Brilliant, yeah, it was Jay, that's brilliant. Yeah, but it just it sparked it's different brilliant. thoughts as I was I, eating it. I was like, oh, this flavor and this flavor. When you put them together, it. Anything that can knock us out of the norm, right? Anything that can make us well, stop and question. And, 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 look at and stuff. the fact that there is no right and wrong about food. There is no good or bad. There is no winner and loser. If you run a 100 metres race, then you can say, if I'm faster than you, I'm better. Under that system of measurement. But our emotional relationship with ourselves and the planet that we consume, which means our emotions and water and sunlight and food... Who can tell you how to be the best, the best version of yourself? If you want to go into a race, or you want to say, I want to become the fattest, the thinnest, the fastest, the slowest, I want more degrees, I want more money, I want a bigger boat, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you can use the word better and best, but in terms of the relationship with ourselves, it's the wonderful thing of being alive. And when somebody says, try this, I loved, I got frustrated Dear listeners, before I went to the supermarket, I thought, I'm just, I can't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm buying crap. I'm, I'm not sure what I'm meant to be buying. I came back. I was late for my podcast. I put the hobs on that didn't work. I, I've got, if you could only see the chaos. I would sack myself <laughs> if I saw myself in one of my restaurants with what I've just done. However, I can't thank you enough for those memories of cabbage and chocolate dipping a milk bar into a glass of beer and it's still sitting here in this it looks disgusting um <laughs> the the whiskey and the and the toasted oats the the tuna that worked but i'm then being a bit jealousy being a bit jealous of um smoked fish the smell of the steaming water that came off the boiled cabbage pot that i had it's a mess Oh, it's a mess, but I have absolutely loved this podcast. And that is thanks to all you guys. Please do keep staying in touch at Heston's Podcast on Instagram or Heston's Podcast at gmail.com to drop us an email. Also, if you get the chance, do do something on iTunes to rate us or write something nice mm-hmm. because apparently it helps. We're not quite sure why. And but, subscribe. You know. Just subscribe. Oh, do and it subscribe today. as well. Yeah, we're really bad at doing this. We're supposed to do this at the start. We're just, But uh, <laughs> we love having you along for the journey with us. Heston, thank you for destroying the kitchen and <laughs> angering yourself in French supermarkets. <laughs> thank you, every, everyone. I I would not have missed it for the world.